Second Chronicles chapter 13, verse 1. In the eighteenth year of King Jeroboam began Abijah to reign over Judah. When the king of Israel, Jeroboam, had reigned for eighteen years, that was when Abijah, the son of Rehoboam, became king. Two, three years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam, because the kingdom was split. Abijah was king over Judah and the Levites, and Jeroboam was king over all the other ten tribes. And there was hostility between them. Abijah's mother was an Israelite, which is a good thing. He knew what the laws of Israel were, and he knew how to worship the Lord. 3. And Abijah joined battle with an army of valiant men of war, even 400,000 chosen men. And Jeroboam set the battle in array against him with 800,000 chosen men, who were mighty men of valor. The king of Israel had 800,000 and Abijah, the king of Judah, had half that many soldiers fighting. In natural circumstances, the king of Israel would have won easily. But with God, all things are possible. And when God is on your side, it doesn't matter how few your army is. 4. And Abijah stood up upon Mount Zemarim, which is in the hill country of Ephraim, and said, Hear me, O Jeroboam, and all Israel. He went up on a hill where the Israelite soldiers could hear him very well, and he's yelling at them. 5. Ought ye not to know that the Lord the God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and to his sons by a covenant of salt? He says, You guys have your own kingdom, but the real kingdom is the kingdom of Judah, because that's the kingdom that God established, and this is true. When he says a covenant of salt, what he means is, it's a covenant that will never end. It's perpetual. When infants were born, their bodies were washed off, and then their bodies were rubbed with salt. So salt came to symbolize that I will take care of you forever, because the parents rubbing the skin with salt, they're the ones who were responsible to take care of that child until it was grown. 6. Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, rose up and rebelled against his lord. This is true. Technically, Jeroboam did rebel against the house of Judah and against King David. However, God did use him to split the kingdom because of Solomon's sin. 7. And there were gathered unto him vain men, base fellows that strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and faint-hearted and could not withstand them. Abijah is saying, the only reason you were able to overtake Rehoboam, the former king, is because he was young and naive and he didn't know what he was doing. 8. And now ye think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David, and ye are a great multitude, and there are with you the golden calves which Jeroboam made you for gods. Jeroboam was a pagan. Even though he was an Israelite, he practiced paganism, and he caused the other ten tribes to practice paganism, and they had golden calves that they worshipped. These are cows that they made with gold, and they worshipped them as a god, just as the Hebrews did when they were in Egypt and when they left Egypt. And he is saying, you guys are still worshipping false gods. 
9. Have ye not driven out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and have made you priests after the manner of the peoples of other lands, so that whosoever cometh to consecrate himself with a young bullock and seven rams, the same becometh a priest of them that are no gods? Abijah is mentioning what we read about in the last chapter, that Jeroboam, the king of Israel, was allowing the Israelites to pretend to be priests even when they weren't priests. Even when they weren't even Levites, he was letting any man who paid a price become a priest. That was also how he was allowing people to practice paganism. 10. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him, and we have priests ministering unto the Lord, the sons of Aaron, and the Levites in their work. Abijah is saying that the priests in Judah are real priests of the Lord. 11. And they burn unto the Lord every morning and every evening burnt offerings and sweet incense. The showbread also set they in order upon the pure table, and the candlestick of gold with the lamps thereof, to burn every evening. For we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but ye have forsaken him. In the golden temple that Solomon built, they're still following all of the ordinances, and they're still lighting the candlesticks, and they're still putting the incense on the incense table burning it there. And they're still putting showbread on all of the showbread tables in Solomon's temple. 12. And behold, God is with us at our head, and his priests with the trumpets of alarm to sound an alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord, the God of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. Abijah is warning them, if you try to fight us, you won't win. And he's saying that God is on their side, which is true. 13. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about behind them, so they were before Judah, and the ambushment was behind them. While Abijah is giving his speech, Jeroboam, the king of Israel, is circling behind Abijah's army, so that now he has soldiers in front of him who he's yelling at and giving this speech to, which is an honorable speech. And behind him, there's even more soldiers in ambush now waiting. Now those are the soldiers of the ten tribes. 14. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind them, and they cried unto the Lord, and the priests sounded with the trumpets. The trumpet sound means the call to go to battle, just like when they sounded the trumpets when they were marching around Jericho. It's always a call to fight. When it says that Judah looked back, it means the army of Judah looked back, and they saw that they were completely surrounded by the Israelite army. 15. Then the men of Judah gave a shout, and as the men of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. Abijah is the king of Judah. Instead of screaming, running, and panicking, they blew the trumpets, which is the call to fight, and then they shouted victory before they had even started fighting when they knew they were surrounded on all sides and it looked really bad. That's what you and I need to do too. When things look really bad, we need to be ready to fight that spiritual battle and prayer and faith, and we need to shout unto the Lord Hosanna and praises because we've already won because he's already won. When things look really bad, just praise the Lord. He'll help you. As soon as they blew the horn and shouted, God attacked all of the Israelite soldiers. 16. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. Notice how the army of Judah blew the trumpet, they shouted in victory, they believed. That's all that you have to do. 
is believe, because Jesus is fighting your battle. 17. And Abijah and his people slew them with a great slaughter, so there fell down slain of Israel five hundred thousand chosen men. Now Israel had brought eight hundred thousand men, which means they only had three hundred thousand soldiers left that were brought to that battle out of the eight hundred total. And it says that the tribe of Judah did slay them, but remember, God slayed them first. I think the tribe of Judah was just killing stragglers and those who were trying to run. 18. Thus the children of Israel were brought under at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied upon the Lord, the God of their fathers. That's the recipe for success. Always put all of your faith in God. Doesn't mean that we have everything we want or that our life is easy, but we won't have anything to fear when all of our faith is in God. 19. And Abijah pursued after Jeroboam, and took cities from him, Bethel with the towns thereof, and Jeshana with the towns thereof, and Ephron with the towns thereof. Abijah took back from the tribes of Israel three towns for Judah, plus all of the villages that surrounded them. 20. Neither did Jeroboam recover strength again in the days of Abijah, and the Lord smote him, and he died. The Lord killed Jeroboam. He was taken out by God because he just kept sinning. And he never was able to overcome Abijah's kingdom because Abijah honored the Lord. 21. But Abijah waxed mighty, meaning King Abijah grew in strength, and took unto himself fourteen wives, and begot twenty and two sons, and sixteen daughters. There's no reason for having all these wives, except that as king he wanted lots of options for who would take the throne after him. 22. And the rest of the acts of Abijah, and his ways, and his sayings, are written in the commentary of the prophet Edo. As far as I know, we don't have a copy of this commentary today. However, it did exist, and that's what the Bible is telling us, that this book in Second Chronicles isn't the only book that mentions this part of history. 23. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years. When Asa first began to rule, for the first ten years there was peace in Judah. And Asa is a king of Judah following after his father Abijah. But at that same time, there is still a king of Israel. And that concludes Second Chronicles chapter 13.